Mic check. Mic check one, two. Mic check one, two, one, two. <laughs> Welcome to Sword Tadpole. <laughs> Whip on my Kindle, I'm ready for a break. I start to water because the words are mace. Iris burning up, no blue light filter. Dizzy all of a sudden, my balance off kilter. I just bought a bunny and I named him Regret. Tummy can't handle Swiss, so I feed him the cheddar. News just in. Rami's not cool, so I ate the newspaper. Ink bled through my stool. Tripped onto paper, formed into questions. Poisoned veins and prevented erections. Made a weird joke, my friends don't get it. Some in the scapegoats, they're the ones that said it. Working on the subway laptop, ate my soul. Cloud ate my data. Story tadpole. Story tadpole, story tadpole, story tadpole. Welcome to Story Tadpole. It's uh, it's been a little while, but that's that's okay because I'm here now, and you're here, and uh, that's all that matters. I've been reading poems, and this week I'm going to read a story. It's called Frost. Most folks had at least tried it, at least a fingernail or an earlobe, just to see what it felt like. Curiosity can be a good thing, or a dangerous thing. You'd hear things like, it makes fentanyl seem like a rainy afternoon, it makes heroin feel like falling in the mud. Neither of those statements do it justice. I can't properly describe what it feels like, only that it makes you want to die because you know that you shouldn't do it again, but you really, really want to. It was common knowledge that if you used twice, you'd use ten times, and before long you're just a head attached to a limbless body, and then a diaphragm connected to a throat, and then just a spinal cord attached to nothing at all. The kids called it freezing, because that's what it looked like and felt like at first. The limb of choice would go limp and then slowly become more pallid and more rigid until the lucky person no longer had control. Then with their other arm, if they still had one, they could prepare the frozen part which by this time would physically resemble a collection of ash and dander piecemealed into a work of art. For the frozen part was now a thing of beauty, dark, shiny, almost glowing, and fragile as can be. This part of the process was not the pleasant part, but it was necessary for what came next. When I said prepare, What I meant was crumble. If it was an arm you froze, or a finger, you could maybe just place it beneath your shoe and grind it into dust, but carefully because it was light and precious, and even a single flake taken away by the wind was a great loss. 
heavy users had to be more creative because few of them had shoes or feet for that matter or arms or legs. If you walked down 29th Street after 8 p.m., you'd see limbless bodies rubbing as hard as they could against one another, desperately trying to get the leverage required to crush their newly departed extremities. Most of us took a while to reach that extreme. We just wanted to get high at a party or impress our friends with what we were willing to give up. In college, I rushed the fraternity, but dropped out after I found out the hazing rewarded freshmen who gave up the most. In the end, one boy had both legs and both arms, but no kneecaps or elbows. He walked for the rest of his life like he was on stilts. Well, the rest of his life was only another three years because whether out of sadness or inspiration, he froze his head, which was honored, buried, and then secretly dug up by his brother who snorted what remained. Like I said, even a nanogram of wasted frost was unacceptable. Parents cautioned their children and then in moments of weakness froze bits of themselves that their children could not see. Families raised pets that never made it past half a decade before their beloved owners started taking from them as well. In truth, only the extremely young could be clean. If you saw an adult without missing parts, it usually meant they had enough money to buy frost made from other folks. Ten years ago, a company called Regenix tried to produce artificial limbs that could be frozen and crushed. They succeeded to some extent, but you could always tell the difference between real frost and synthetic. Sure, they both hit hard, but there was nothing like the real stuff. Still, Regenix made billions. Actually, um, I have a confession. I work for them in a cubicle stacked atop someone else's cubicle. On our lunch breaks, we don't eat lunch. We snort frost. And yes, it's Regenix's fake stuff, but once you've tried it, you can't really stop. In fact, the company's president kept the stuff off the market for years because he wasn't satisfied with the inherent addictive qualities of something that simply felt really, really good. He needed to add nicotine, splice it up with amphetamine just to ensure his customers would come back at the expense of anything. Anyway, what I really wanted to talk about is what happened last Tuesday. So I love comic books because superheroes save people and stuff like that. They give people hope. And that's what I wanted to do on Tuesday. I wanted people to find comfort in the idea that someone was looking out. So last Tuesday I covered my body in lycra, painted a mask on my face, and headed down to 29th Street. I found what I was expecting a group of people that haven't put anything in their bodies except frost for a very long time. One legless man sitting atop an old torn up couch said, 
Who the fuck are you? I said that I had come to save them. And he told me that no one there could be saved and that I should leave before I ended up just like him. But I opened my backpack and tossed a dozen baguettes onto the cushion beside him. Do you want to eat something? I asked him. Then a noseless woman approached and in a breathy voice said, You think we want food? We need frost. Before really thinking it through, I froze the last knuckle on my pinky and handed it to her. Her mouth widened with anticipation as she ground it between her thumb and forefinger. And I thought, this is what happens when a whole population lives for its own destruction. How much longer can we last? I was beginning to feel uncomfortable. I had less pinky than I did moments before, and to make matters worse, in my periphery I became aware of another woman who had just poofed out. Poofing, by the way, is the term we use for when someone's craving is so intense that they turn their entire self to frost before realizing that they no longer possess a nose, mouth, ear canal, anus, or urethra with which to ingest the frost, nor a brain to experience it. It happens when the mind is so overtaken with craving that there's no room left to compute what's needed in order to satisfy that craving. If you ever witness someone poofing out, you will likely want to go home and not leave your room for three days, which is precisely what I did. The woman who had just snorted the final digit of my pinky asked for more, but I had already turned and started walking away. The study of frost is the nation's most popular undergraduate major. In fact, all freshmen are required to take a day-long seminar on anatomy and the biometrics of freezing. The seminars are hosted by an outreach subdivision of Regenics. Most students leave that seminar believing that our bodies develop this ability after the Great Depression epidemic of the eighth eon. Our ancestors couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom. And why bother? After their retinas were plugged into computers and their pee holes were stuffed with catheters, survival was reserved for those who could produce happiness without friends, without family, sex, food, or generally moving around at all. During those billion or so years, almost everyone died except a few legendary bloodlines who stand as pioneers of our beloved mutation. Their own powdered body parts were all they needed to feel like they were on top of the world, which they were, because there was almost nothing left with which to compare themselves. They were the best people by default. At this time, animals and plants thrived, they partied hard and a good thing too because during the ninth eon, the resurgence of humankind once again fucked them all into submission. They say that before the Great Depression, some people were just happy. But I don't know. I'd have to see it to believe it.
Thanks for listening to Story Tadpole this week. Um, I'm going to leave you with uh, two sounds and a lie. That was the first sound. Fating ding 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 fating. That was the second sound. And now for the lie. I have a pony who speaks German and farts bubbles. It's true. I swear it's true. Just kidding. It's not true. That was the lie. (laughs) Uh, Signing off.